0: What's up, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Legendary Life Podcast. I'm health and fitness expert, Ted Rice, and this is the show that's all about taking your health, your body, and your life to that next level. And we're back from Christmas break. I hope you had an amazing time. I hope you had some great times with your family. Giselle and I were in New York City visiting her uncle, aunt, and cousins, and it was amazing. If you've never been to New York City during Christmas, it is incredible. Maybe where you live, it, you guys celebrate Christmas and people around you go all out. But in Miami, it's terrible. People, It's hot, first of all. So you don't feel like it's Christmas at all. But people don't have the Christmas cheer here. And even though I'm not a kid anymore at 40 years old, I love seeing... The, the Christmas decorations, I love the atmosphere, the spirit people show, and just it was, it was crazy cool. So we ate a lot of food. I used intermittent fasting to kind of keep things in check. So I would skip breakfast every morning and keep my eating hours to about noon to 8 p.m. And I managed to hit the gym. In fact, I took Giselle's uncle, Evandro, to hit the gym with us because he lives in this nice building in Manhattan, and we'd hit up the gym in his building, which are way better than some of the buildings that I see here and that are much more expensive than New York. Anyway, if you're like me, you probably ate too much, even though you exercise and you tried to do the right thing, especially if you were in a place like me where maybe you were with your family or maybe you were traveling as well. New York has some incredible food. You think I'm going to diet down during the holidays? No, definitely not. I'm going to enjoy myself and I'm going to get strict for the rest of the year. And most people kind of worry too much about what happens in between Christmas and New Year when they really should be concerned about what happens in between New Year's and the following Christmas. So on that note, I want to tell you, We're going to be going over the first myth today, and it's going to, well, we'll get to in a second, but I also want to tell you if you want to have a training on this stuff and learn all the myths and all the actions that I want you to take to get lean in 2018, Then I want you to sign up for my webinar, legendarylifepodcast.com slash F-R-E-E, so slash free, legendarylifepodcast.com slash free. Sign up to the webinar, learn everything that you need to do to get lean. And I mean, this is all the latest stuff that I'm doing, which is different if you watched my video series from last year. I've found ways to tweak things to make our lives easier because doesn't everybody want that? Nobody wants this process to be any harder than it already is for us in uh, modern life, right? We have too many temptations. We don't have enough time. We're too stressed. So I try to make it as easy as possible, giving you the big bang for your buck, things that you can do to get lean with in the least amount of time and pain necessary to, to accomplish your goals. So let's get into Today. And first, I want to tell you, I bet you already know a ton about nutrition. You listen to podcasts like this, you read articles, you watch videos, and you probably could tell me everything on what you need to eat to become a lean, mean, fat-burning machine. And as I've seen people who believe they're really knowledgeable about nutrition, they pour olive oil or avocado oil on all their salads. They eat coconut oil by the tablespoonful and even put grass-fed butter in their coffee. Then you also eat plenty of avocados and nuts by the handful as healthy snacks. And as you stick your fork into your salad saturated with olive oil, you probably tell yourself, wow, I'm being so healthy right now. I'm having this low-carb veggie meal meal with healthy fats instead of unhealthy processed junk food. I'm being so good. Does that sound familiar? But somehow, for all the nutrition information that you know, you're still not able to get results. Your belly still bulges and you don't look or feel your best. And if you've been wondering why you can't burn fat and lose weight, even though you know so much about nutrition, I can guarantee you, It's because you're making one of the four diet mistakes that I'm going to go over in the next two weeks. So myth one is today. Myth two is on Wednesday. Myth three is going to be on the following Monday and myth four on the following Wednesday. So let's get into myth number one, or I should say mistake number one. Calories don't matter. This has got to be the number one mistake I see people make that wrecks their healthy food choices along with their waistlines. And listen, I know, I know, you've heard that calories don't matter because if you've been following any of the popular diet gurus on the internet, you've heard them all say that calories don't matter and that there's some other hidden reason that you can't lose weight. For example, Dave Asprey, who's been on the show several times, wrote a long article explaining in detail why it's the quality of food that counts, not the calories. And medical doctor Mark Hyman wrote a post called Why Calories Don't Matter, talking about how the calories in, calories out model of weight loss is unscientific and outdated. Other online fitness and diet gurus that I know you guys listen to have said similar things like, Calories don't matter because fat loss is all about hormones. It's about optimizing your hormones. And when you eat the foods to optimize your hormones, then you lose body fat. Or you got to eat more fat because you can't get fat from eating fat. In fact, you got to eat fat to burn fat. Another thing people say is carbs make you fat. Why? Because insulin. And let me tell you, I'm taking a kind of a sarcastic tone because I used to believe all that stuff too. In fact, I used to teach it to my personal training clients for years. And I want you to think about something for a minute. You may have heard of Dave Asprey in the past, I don't know, eight years or something, or Mark Hyman or whoever you follow. Some of these guys that promote the things that I I mentioned, the, the beliefs that I mentioned. I've been in the health and fitness field for 19 years, 19 years, probably double, if not more than some of the people you follow now. And I used to tell people insulin makes you fat. In fact, I got into an argument with the dietitian because I was telling my client not to eat carrots because of the glycemic index, and that was... 16 years ago, 17 years ago. So think about that for a second. That was in the early 2000s. When did you start hearing about this stuff? Just keep that in mind as I go on. So here's the thing. This is what I've learned, right? And I'll talk to you about how my mind changed and why I changed it. Why I don't believe that stuff anymore. First of all, there's a bit of truth to some, but not all of the above statements that I mentioned, and we'll cover that in a bit, but saying that calories don't matter, it's simply not true. It goes against all the scientific evidence. For example, what if I told you that I wanted to drive from Miami beach which is where I live now to Los Angeles across the country. then? you asked me, well, how many miles is that? And how many miles per gallon does your car get? So we can figure out how many gallons of gas you need to get there. Then I told you, hey, that doesn't matter. As long as I use clean, organically grown non-GMO fuel, then it doesn't matter how much gas it takes, right? The gas doesn't matter. And That's crazy, right? Because you know you're going to run out of gas along the way if you don't think about that. So that's as asinine as saying calories don't matter. In fact, the struggle for survival for every animal on earth is about getting more food out of the environment or getting more energy out of the environment than you use to get the energy, right? Than the energy that you use to get the food. Because If you don't do that, you start start losing weight very quickly, and it's not just body fat, it's muscle, and then you lose other, uh, uh, you lose organ tissue, and your immune system becomes compromised. In other words, you starve to death. And there's not anyone ever, ever who has existed in the world that cannot starve to death. We all, that will happen to all of us if we go without food for long enough. And this basic concept is called the first law of thermodynamics, which states that energy cannot be created or destroyed, but only transferred. And when we talk about energy balance and laws of thermodynamics and fat loss, we're referring to the relationship between the amount of energy you eat and the amount that you burn. What I do is I tell people it's like a bank account. If you eat more energy than you burn, you're in a positive energy balance and you gain weight. If you eat less than you burn, you're in a negative energy balance and you lose weight. And this energy balance is measured in calories. The thing that many people believe doesn't matter when it comes to weight loss. And just in case there's someone, ah, Ted, had this outdated information. What are you even talking about right now? Calories don't matter. Calories, I mean, that's been disproven by Gary Tobbs, the journalist who wrote a book and, you know, whatever. I want to ask you, what is a calorie anyway? And I want every single one of you listening. Next time someone says that calories don't matter, Ask them what a calorie is in the first place and make sure they don't go to Google to answer it because I bet you they have no idea. Just ask. Seriously, ask anyone right now. I'll wait. Just so you know, because I want you to be an educated consumer, not a person who falls for the the bullshit marketing, a calorie is the amount of energy required to heat one kilogram of water by one degree Celsius. In other words, it's saying, okay, we've got, this is the amount of energy it takes to get this amount of water uh, a bit hotter, okay? And I know that sounds a bit abstract, but and it is, but this has been well-documented. Even in my general chemistry class when I was taking my pre-med requisites, We did experiments with a calorimeter to measure the amount of energy produced in combustion reactions. And calories is just a way to measure the potential energy in food. Foods that are calorie dense, like muffins, bagels, pasta, potato chips, ice cream, a lot of protein bars, and other things like that, a lot of processed food, in other words, they contain a lot of energy. And we'll get into this a bit more, but that energy is easily accessible because of the processing. Foods that are low in calories like spinach, lettuce, broccoli, steak, they don't have as much energy in them. And you've got to cook them to release the energy and you got to chew them to get as much energy as possible. So we'll get into that when we talk about the issues with calorie counting. But my point is this. The unsexy truth is that for weight loss to happen, you need to eat less energy than you burn. And I say it's unsexy because let me tell you something. If I wanted to make money, if I wanted to profit off of nutrition, what I would tell you is, hey, you got to do ketogenic diets because carbs raise insulin and that insulin causes fat storage and makes you fat and gives you diabetes and high blood pressure and inflammation and I would say that, however, it's not the truth. It's just not. And if you want me to share with you, and what I mean by truth, by the way, it's not like my opinion, it's the scientific evidence. And uh, we'll, we'll get into that a bit, but uh, conversely, if you want to gain weight you'll have to eat more calories than you burn. And like I said, it's not my opinion. It's a scientific fact that's been proven over and over and over again in decades of metabolic word research. In other words, when they lock people in a room and measure their oxygen consumption, which is how you measure calories in the first place, it's not your heart rate that you get <laughs> On uh you know, your polar monitor or the monitor on the cardio machine that you use, or anything else, it has to do with it's measured in, I believe, uh, liters of oxygen, if I remember correctly. And most of the fat that you burn actually gets released into the atmosphere via the CO2 that you breathe out. So there's a little useless bit of trivia. But uh, what I'm trying to get at here is this isn't my opinion. And they've locked people in wards and measured this stuff and given them things like doubly labeled water, which tracks their metabolism, how many calories they're burning and how much they excrete, et cetera. And there's not ever been a person who didn't lose weight. And we'll eventually get into this in another one of the myths Uh, or or I'm sorry, one of the secrets, rather, and that this whole fat loss thing is mostly mostly a game about controlling your habits, controlling what you eat, and that's all there is to it. It's just incredibly hard to do. And what I'm saying is that even if you eat the cleanest diet, the quote-unquote cleanest diet in the world, you're still going to gain fat if you eat too much. And if you eat mostly junk food, I know that goes against what a lot of people say, the quality of your food matters, and I do believe it does, but it doesn't matter so much for fat loss. So you could even eat, eat junk food and lose body fat. That's why a science teacher named John Cisna lost 56 pounds in six months while eating nothing but food from McDonald's. And if you want to see this guy's before and after picture, I have it in the show notes for this episode. Just go to the website, legendarylifepodcast.com and check it out. And you may think this guy was eating, oh, well, yeah, he was going to McDonald's, but he was eating salads. That wasn't the case. He ate every, almost everything on the menu and ordered fries every single day. And I want to be clear about something. I'm not a shill for the fast food industry, nor am I suggesting that you should eat at McDonald's for your diet or any other fast food joint. I think it's a bad idea. But what I am am trying to say to you is that food quality doesn't matter as much for fat loss. And I know that probably hurts to hear. Believe me, I'm the one that's been preaching clean eating forever. And I still believe the quality of your food is important for your health because you don't get certain micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, and whatnot in your diet if you're eating at McDonald's and eating a burger and fries, but you could still lose fat that way. And I'm just trying to get you up to speed on the underlying scientifically proven mechanism of weight loss. Why? Why? Why am I doing this? Because once you understand this concept, you'll be able to free yourself from searching for the the quote-unquote hidden weight loss secret BS marketing designed to part you from your hard-earned money, then you can get down to doing the work. And the work is you've got to eat less than you burn to lose weight. And I want to share a personal story here. I had the opposite happen to me. Now, John Cisna lost fat from eating at McDonald's. I got fat from eating good quality, clean food. And I was mostly eating organic vegetables and fruits, free-range poultry, grass-fed meats, wild-caught fish, coconut oil, grass-fed butter. And yeah, I would have an occasional indulgence. I would buy a a pint of Haagen-Dazs, and then I would just eat the whole thing. But that was once a month, maybe. But I would eat a lot of cheese and full-fat cheese, raw cheese, because, hey, the quality really matters, and it does for certain things. And also my meals were mostly low carb, high fat meals. What's popular now. And I was lifting weights anywhere from four to six times a week. And I want to tell you, I had been doing this and it had been working out for me while I was doing jujitsu training. And if you've never done jujitsu training, um, think of the hardest workout you've ever done in the gym and multiply it by 10, 20, or even 50 for some of you. It's super intense. And then some days I would do an hour of jujitsu training. And then I would stay, uh, for the second hour of wrestling training. And that was kind of like your average week or my average week. And I would do some weight training. I would do very little weight training actually, just to keep my strength up because I found that my body would start to hurt if I didn't do strength training, but I was so fatigued all the time from doing, uh, doing jujitsu. I mean, I was ripped all the time, but as I, started to get really injured and jacked up from doing jujitsu training. And, and I was kind of under eating at that time. I eventually had to stop training. And when I stopped going to jujitsu all the time, it backed off on the types of training that I did. And I was, you know, working out, but I wasn't pushing it that hard. My body fat levels just shot up and my body fat percentage was in the overweight range, And I even tested, as I mentioned before, with pre-diabetic hemoglobin A1C levels. And I don't even have a history of diabetes in my family. Simply stated, I was unhealthy even though I ate healthy food. Why? Because I had too much body fat. If you're overweight, which almost everyone listening to this, I guarantee you is overweight. You may say, no, I'm pretty good. No, I don't think so. That's not. Let me tell you something. Those standards that you have, according to our modern society, are way, way too loose. And if you can't see your abs, if you're a man, you are overweight. And even if you can see a couple of your abs, like I can right now, you still have some fat to lose if you want optimal health. In fact, optimal health is somewhere around the 10 to 15 body fat percentage. Not necessarily lower, although it seems to be okay for people to go lower, but if you're not in that 10 to 15% body fat range, you've got some fat to lose. Same thing with women. If you're carrying more than 20%, you've got quite a bit of fat. And if you carry more than 30%, you're obese. And if you're a guy and you carry more than 25%, you're obese. And that may be a little bit weird for you because you're like, I'm not obese. I mean, I've seen fat people and they're fat. Guess what? Your are obese. Has nothing to do with what you think it looks like. It has to do with your body fat percentage. Get it tested. Believe me, I tested at 22% and I was I was fucking pissed, <laughs> to be honest. I was so pissed off. I was like... What the hell? I did not want to believe it, but it was the, when I had it tested, it was the truth, you know, and the truth, it hurts sometimes, but the truth will set you free, I guess, or it'll at least motivate you to stop believing in the bullshit and to really take this seriously and go after the, what actually works. What's been working for, I don't know, decades, all the body, this is what all the bodybuilders use. Anyway, a little bit of a rant there. But I want to tell you, I tell you all this stuff because I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to tell you I made the same mistakes and it was, and it's not your job most likely to know this stuff, but it was my job and it angered me that I didn't have this, that I didn't know this, that I bought into the lies and and the, the craziness that people say. And like I said, at first, I didn't want to believe it was the food I was eating. I was like, I eat good quality food. What are you talking about? I'm not no 22% body fat. That's ridiculous. And then I started thinking, well, why is that? Maybe it's my age. Maybe I'm in my 30s now and uh, I just, I can't lose body fat. And maybe, I mean, I'm aging and maybe I have bad genes or maybe my hormonal levels are messed up. I just thought there had to be a better answer then I was just eating too much. You know what I mean? And I felt it. I knew in my heart that there had to be some secret I was missing. I really believed that there was a hidden piece of the fat loss puzzle that involved something other than just eating less food. However, after diving into the research and applying these principles to hundreds of clients and to myself, and getting consistent results with them, I now realize I was completely wrong. And I want to tell you something. You know how I've plugged my program. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've heard me talk about Legendary Lean, and uh, you know that we do meal plans and all this other stuff. Let me tell you, we have not ever had one person follow one of our meal plans, our fat loss meal plans, and not lose fat. Not one single person, provided that they were following the program. There were people who bought the program because they were motivated and thought they were going to do it, and then they didn't do it, and then they didn't get results. But that goes with anything. If you don't do anything, you're not going to get results. But every single person, think about that for a second, every single person. Now, some of the diets have been high fat. Some of the diets have been low fat. Some of the diets have been really restrictive because I I have this thing that I do where I really dive into people's health. I have people fill out a health questionnaire. We ask them about their food preferences, and we ask them about their body fat and their activity levels. And I do all these calculations and come up with something specifically to them. But at the end of the day, it's the calories that matter. Lower your calories and you'll lose fat. Eat too many of them regardless of the source and you'll get fat. And like I just said, you don't get to choose whether calories matter to your fat loss or not. It just does. But you can certainly choose how to create a calorie deficit to achieve your goals. And I think a lot of people get confused about this. In fact, someone asked me, hey, What do you think about the paleo diet versus the ketogenic diet for fat loss? And what that tells me immediately is this person has no idea what they're talking about. They're like, Hey, they're just like, Oh, this is, this thing is popular. And so is this thing, which one is better? Well, the paleo diet has to do with food quality. And although we talked about food quality and how it's not that important, If someone's eating a lot of junk food or has problems like, oh, I just binge eat pizza and uh, ice cream and all this other stuff, like the, the junk food, then they go on a paleo diet. They end up losing body fat. Why? Because they're eating less, because they're not eating the trigger foods. They're not eating the foods that cause them to just eat, 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 and eat. And a lot of the foods on the paleo diet are satiating versus the ketogenic diet, which isn't about food quality, although it should be. It's about a certain ratio of macronutrients. It's high fat, uh, low slash moderate protein, and very low in carbohydrates. Now, you can fill that fat any way you want. You can fill that protein any way you want with whatever food quality you want. You could eat bacon, <laughs> bacon, avocado, and uh, iceberg lettuce for your meals, right? That's not going to make you healthy, right? But it, it is—it's something you could do. So, do you see the distinction there? And you can also use intermittent fasting. You're, you could lose, uh, use a low-fat, high-carb diet or high-carb, low-fat diet. You can count calories, like Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers works for people. I don't particularly like it because I think it's too low in protein. Or you could do macronutrient tracking, where you—you uh, know—you just track every uh, macro that you eat and you have this certain allotment of macro, uh, grams of each of the macronutrients. And then you hit that every day. And that's we'll we'll get into what I recommend in a bit. And I also want to tell you this, although I'm making a big deal out of calories, that's just the underlying mechanism. That's not what you actually do. What you actually do is some type of method, like the things that I just mentioned. And it's important because you'll eventually realize, like I did, that losing fat is mostly about habits and behavior and less about the science. So you might say, hey, listen, here's all your macros. We're going to fit in some ice cream and some Oreo cookies into your macros. You'll just have to eat less fat and carbohydrates from other places and you'll be fine. But then that person eats the two Oreo cookies a day And they're like, I can't just eat two. And they end up eating too many. It doesn't work for their lifestyle. Or you can have someone who does a high fat diet and it doesn't work for them because they start getting panic attacks and high blood pressure or other issues like that, which if you Google ketogenic diet panic attacks, plenty of posts on forums come up with people who are like, hey, am I doing something wrong or You know, so it has to work for you. And if something doesn't work for you, you need to change it. And more specifically, if you aren't losing fat, then you need, then you're eating too many calories. And I kind of use calories and the amount of food interchangeably. But the fact is there are some problems and I'll get to the problems with calories in a bit and why people get so frustrated when they try to do this on their own. And again, that's why I have my legendary lean members, they fill out a questionnaire when they sign up. We don't push low carb or low fat on people. We're diet agnostics here. We ask them what they like to eat, what they're willing to eat and design a program that fits their lifestyle and their goals and their preferences. And of course, it's dialed in so it's it's the you know, it They can't eat as much as they want, but we try to make sure they're as happy and satiated as possible. So keep that in mind when choosing a nutrition approach. You've got to be able to follow it. And again, if you're not losing fat, then you're eating too many calories. So you'll either have to modify what you're doing or change your approach to something you can follow. Let's briefly talk about your metabolism because we talked about calories but many, and, and I've defined it for you, many people don't understand where the metabolism thing comes in. And a lot of times, the, like I said, the calories in, calories out, it doesn't work for them when they do the math on their own. However, it doesn't mean that the calories in, calories out is wrong. It's simply you misunderstood how to apply it in the right way. Many factors affect how many calories you get from food, as well as how many calories you burn. In addition to that, your metabolism is also adaptive. In other words, your body's a living, breathing organism. It's not like a car that will always get a certain miles per the gallon when you're on the highway or certain miles per the gallon when you're in the city. It's not like that. So according to your physiology and behaviors, things change. So let's briefly go over the metabolism. I've talked about it in the past, but it, it's worth going over again. So you have your resting metabolic rate. There's also your basal metabolic rate, uh, which there's a little bit of a difference there. Resting metabolic rate is, uh, I'm going to stick with that because I don't want to get too complicated. So most of the calories that you use every single day are just to keep you alive. In fact, it's about 60% if you don't exercise a lot, it's about 60%. Of the energy out. It's just keeping you alive. And a key player in why weight loss stalls for many people is that in general, a bigger body has a higher metabolic rate. And then let's say you lose 10, 20, 30, 50 pounds, your metabolism actually slows down, right? Because you went from a Mack truck to a slightly like a Honda pickup truck. Right, and if you keep losing weight, you're you're going to turn into a sedan, and a less big vehicle burns less energy. All right, in general, of course, we're not talking about the fancy, you know, uh, the fancy combustion engines that they use now to get better miles per the gallon. But in general, bigger bodies have higher metabolisms, and the more weight you lose, the slower your metabolism goes, so that you have to redo all the, uh, redo all the calculations for a new smaller body. So that was your basal metabolic rate or your resting metabolic rate. The second thing is the thermic effect of food. You may have heard this before, but, or maybe you haven't, if this is your first time listening, but you actually burn calories just by digesting your food. And it actually surprises many people when I tell them that, the act of eating actually burns calories. And that digestion is a metabolically intensive process, but it totally makes sense. Everything costs energy, right? It costs energy to do. It's an energy intensive process. And if you ever felt really hot after eating, you've experienced that firsthand, especially if it was high in protein, because uh, protein has a higher thermic effect of food. So we'll get... Into that a little bit more, but I want to keep going. So, we've gone over resting metabolic rate, thermic effect of food. Now, is the thermic effect of exercise. And of course, you knew this one. You know that people who work out regularly have an easier time keeping the fat off than people who don't. And by the way, keep in mind, we're talking about hard training here. We're not talking about, well, I gardened for 20 minutes or I took a walk around the neighborhood. That's Something else that we're going to get to next. I'm talking about hard training. I'm talking about playing sports. I'm talking about hard training in the gym. I'm not talking about the activities of daily living that you do. So, number four is that it's called non-exercise activity thermogenesis. This is a long, sciencey way of describing the movements that you make all the time. Like, I'm moving my hands around right now. And you're probably driving right now, or maybe you're walking those. That's non-exercise activity thermogenesis. It's all the calories that you burn through non-exercise methods. And although it's not as sexy or cool as a deadlift workout or high-intensity interval training, it's a big opportunity for you to be more active, to burn more calories without having to put the stress on your joints and body through, uh, ridiculous workouts. So those are the four parts, your metabolism. I'll just briefly recap resting metabolic rate, thermic effective food, thermic effective exercise, and non-exercise activity thermogenesis, otherwise known as neat. Those are the four parts. Now, you know, so now that we've gone over that, I want to go over what I'd like to call the hidden truths about calories. This is where people go wrong with calorie counting. And I don't recommend calorie counting. I'll talk about what I recommend in a second. But number one is calorie counts on food labels are not precise. Scientists use calorimeters to burn food in order to determine how many calories are in that food. However, the amount of calories burned in the calorimeter is not always the same as the amount that you get from eating food. Yes, I know science is hard and complicated, but it's the best thing that we've got. Two is we don't absorb all the calories that we eat. That's why they tell you that fiber, it, you know, it goes through you, it helps you, helps keep things regular in the intestinal system. So your gast- gastrointestinal tract, it helps you poop is what I'm trying to say, folks. So we don't absorb all the calories that we eat. And I already mentioned that before, uh, that the thermic effect of food for protein is much higher than carbohydrates and fats. So, 20 to 35% of the calories you eat from protein are used up in the digestion of protein. And when I say protein, I really mean protein. I don't mean your fatty prime rib or ribeye steak that's like one third or one half fat. I'm not talking about the fat, I'm talking about pure protein. So, if you ate egg whites, for example, 20 to 30% of just the grams of protein are used up in the digestion of that protein. And that's why higher protein diets are superior for fat loss. Another example of this is an ounce of raw almonds contains 14 grams of fat, but chewing only releases one gram of fat for digestion. So you're on there calculating the grams of fat for your raw almonds, but if you don't roast them, you're not going to get all those grams of fat. So it's kind of confusing, right? Number three is kind of the opposite. Cooking and processing makes calories more available. So we don't absorb all the calories that we eat, especially from protein, especially from foods that we have to chew and that are unprocessed. Conversely, Cooking and processing foods make the calories in that food more available. And for example, cooking peanuts. So take raw peanuts versus peanut butter. The cooking and blending and chopping of the peanut butter makes the energy much more available. And this is actually, they've, scientists have done research on this to figure this out. How crazy and cool is that? So think about that. If you're going after peanut butter instead of raw peanuts, you're going to get much more of the calories from that food, much more of the fat, much more of the, well, it's mostly fat, much more of the fat and some of the protein. If you're going for mashed potatoes or potato chips over a baked potato, then you're going to get much more of the calories from that food. So Food quality does matter in this way, but again, it's not the ultimate thing. The ultimate thing is making sure that you eat less, but changing the food quality can matter when we're talking about these things, especially if you like to put butter and sour cream in your mashed potatoes. The fourth thing that I want to mention is your gut bacteria may affect how many calories you absorb from food. So we're not exactly sure the extent of how your gut microbiome affects the regulation of your body weight and how you get energy from food, but several studies have found that certain intestinal bacteria are associated with weight gain, both in animals and humans. A type of probiotic, which is an intestinal bacteria named firmicutes, firmicutes, I have no idea how to say this word, but I'm going to do my best here. Seems to be more efficient at extracting calories from food than other intestinal bacteria called bactero-bacteroides. So I've mangled those names and I'm not going to even try to re-say them. But the point is that they found certain uh, a prevalence of the firmicutes leads people or, or they're correlated with higher body fat percentage versus the other ones, which are correlated with being leaner. So again, while the microbiome and its effects on body weight regulation and fat mass is an area of intense dispute, it's important to understand it's that it's another example of how the calories calories in can be affected without really changing what you're doing diet wise or exercise wise. So then The question becomes, all right, Ted, so how many calories should I eat? And what I want to tell you is, it depends. And I know that answer sucks, but it really actually does. It has to do with figuring out your basal metabolic rate and how much activity you do and your basal metabolic rate. You'd have to use something like the catch McArdle equation, which is what I use for my coaching clients and my coaching group. However, you don't have to do that. In fact, if you go to this episode, because I'm not really going to talk about it now, I can briefly mention it, but in in case you just want to listen. But if you go to legendarylightpodcast.com and find the show notes for this episode, which will be up today, you'll find exactly a a good starting point that I use for people who are... uh, Let's say I found a nice starting point for people who don't want to go through all the equations and all that. So it's 0.8 times your body weight in pounds gives your grams of protein. 1.25 times your body weight in pounds gives you your grams of carbs. 0.2 times your body weight in pounds gives you grams of fat. And that's all for one day. And I do a little something different. And I'll go over that on the fat loss masterclass that I'm putting on, which you can sign up for at legendarylightpodcast.com/slash free. But you can use that as a starting point. If you need to hear that again, just rewind it when you get home or find it on my website. It'll be right there. In fact, we put together a little calculator for you to make it super easy. And if you need help figuring out exactly what to eat after you've calculated your macros, because you'll have to turn those grams of stuff into a meal plan, then I highly suggest you reach out to me for a customized meal plan or coaching. So to wrap up, at the end of the day, you can eat all the healthy fats, grass-fed beef, grass-fed butter, wild-caught fish, coconut oil, and nuts and seeds that you want. But if you overeat, read too many calories, you won't lose fat. No matter how many nutrition articles you've read saying otherwise, it's been proven time and time again. And if you end up do losing fat and say, hey, Ted, you're wrong. I tried this. I did this. And it worked. And I lost fat. Well, you lost fat because you cut calories somehow. It's just there's no argument about this. Oh, there is an argument, right? In fact, people argue about it nonstop. But what I'm saying is outside the research world, there's very little controversy about this. And even the controversy that arises is specifically in the low carb and ketogenic diet groups who ignore evidence that goes against their beliefs. And it's like, you would have to, it's like, here, look at this. What about this? This evidence showing that all the carb studies, all the low carb diet studies didn't match protein and the best information that we have on whether low carb versus low fat, it shows that it really doesn't matter provided proteins kept the same and that the calories are kept the same. It doesn't matter that much. Of course, it matters whether you'll be able to follow it, whether you'll like it, whether you'll have an issue with low carb because of the the issues with electrolytes and the serotonin, the tryptophan, not getting enough tryptophan in your diet. So you get anxiety or maybe depression. (laughs) I got the anxiety. (laughs) That's what happened to me. So that all matters, but for fat loss, it doesn't, okay? And I also want to tell you, I don't have a dog in this fight, and if I wanted to make more money, if I wanted to be more promotional, I would tell you that, hey, ketogenic diets are the best and sign up for my ketogenic diet masterclass, and there's nothing wrong with that for the people who do that, and if it works for you, great. I don't have any problem with you, but I'm telling you this because I've seen people who don't do well. I've, I've had clients who got fat eating a ketogenic diet. Why? Because they ate too much fat. Fat's really easy to overeat, especially for the people who crave carbs and they're trying to do a ketogenic diet, but they end up eating more fat than they really should because they're hungry and they end up getting fat. I have a client who's who did... <laughs> Who did that for a year and she put on 3% body fat. So she went from 23 to 26% body fat following Dave Asprey's recommendations and some of the other stuff she was reading. So she was following a high fat, low carb diet and she got fat doing it. Now she's back down, but it's, it's like she, she could have never done that and she would have been better off. So What I'm telling you is nutrition approaches should be fit for the person, not forcing a person to follow a diet. And with all that said, calories still matter, but how you choose to restrict them is all up to you. So that's all I've got for this. I hope you learned something. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you understand where I'm coming from because it's frustrating and it's not easy or even a great position to be saying the things that I'm saying right now. Again, if I really wanted to make money, I would tell you ketogenic diet is the best, even though I wouldn't follow it personally because I get issues when I go too low on carb- carbohydrates. I would tell you it's the best and do it and sign up to my you know, my ketog- ketogenic diet masterclass, but I'm not telling you that. And if you've tried high fat, low carb diets, and it didn't work out for you, I want you to sign up to this masterclass. I will help you figure it out. I will help you show you the things that matter the most and it's not about whether you restrict carbs or go low fat. It's about the things, some of the things that I mentioned here and it's about other secrets that I'm going to share with you. And I want you to I want you to get results. I want you to get results. I want you to email me, "Hey Ted, you know, thank you so much. This is what I want." right? I want you to sign up to my program and everything. Don't get me wrong. This is a business where if I don't sell things, I don't make money and I can't keep doing the podcast and do all the other things and spend time researching this stuff. But I'd love it if you just came to the Fat Loss class and did the things, learned them, did them, and got results and and shared shared what happened. I'd be happy with that. I'd be very happy with that. So if you want to join me on the fat loss masterclass, make sure you go to legendarylivepodcastcom slash free sign up to it. We're going to have a good time and I'm going to share with you. I'm going to go into these myths and then I'm going to share with you what to do. And I also want to say before I go that I've got a lot of great things coming up. We're going to be recommending products. Some of the things that I'm not going to do audio episodes on, because it just doesn't make sense to talk about them unless I figure out a way to do it. That sounds enticing, but I'm putting together an ultimate gear guide for getting in shape in 2018. I'm putting together an ultimate supplement guide uh, for 2018. And this is the best stuff that I got for you right now. And a lot of things have changed. So make sure you go to the podcast, the website more specifically, And check that out. So that's how I've got for you. I will see you on Wednesday for myth number two. Have an amazing couple days and I'll speak to you soon.